Hey girl, welcome to the What A Mouthful podcast. I'm your host, Dee. I'm a qualified nutritionist, personal trainer, mindset speaker, and my favorite of all, I'm a mum. Living your best life doesn't have to be a grind, and I'm gonna show you how to achieve a healthy mind and body. And if this episode speaks to you, give a sister a five-star review. This episode is brought to you by FlowFit. Your hormones should not be changing so dramatically that you could stab somebody one day and hug them the next or leave you crying because your dog won't let you cuddle him. (laughs) But if on top of that, you never know when your period's coming and you know you're overtraining and under eating or you know that your body is just stressed the fuck out, you're one in 10, not the only one. And I've built a six week challenge that is not only customized to your body, but it shows you how to eat, train and think to match your cycle with specifically targeted nutrition plans and training programs and daily mindset practices that help you feel like yourself again in no more than an hour a day. And I educate you on the go while you're already implementing and benefiting from those changes. Head to www.flowfit.live or you can book a 15 minute Zoom call with me through my link tree on Instagram and we can talk about if Flowfit is right for you. All right, welcome back everybody. I'm just having a little giggle here with a good friend of mine and Australia's number one sleep expert. Please welcome Olivia Arizolo. Ciao, ciao, bella. Come stai? She is coming to us all the way. It's very early over there and she's coming to us all the way from Italy. And I'm very jealous that she's on an extended holiday, which I thought she was back from, uh, only to my dismay to find out that she's just still holidaying. Uh, I'm, I'm back to work, I will say. Um, I'm definitely back to work, but I'm definitely enjoying the fact that I'm doing this in the amazing country of Italy, done on this beautiful little holiday um, space called Tropea. It is the most magical, magical place with crystal blue water and nature and only Italians and no mainstream shops. It's, it's, it's heaven. It, it's like Byron Bay for Italy. Wow. Remind me to block your yeah. stories so I don't get FOMO. <laughs> Sorry. I'll just, I'll just slide into your text messages then. Yes. Yeah, here's a video of exactly where I am. I'm like, stop it, please. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you're getting lots of sunshine because we know that it is important for not only healthy minds and bodies, but good sleep as well. I have read your book. Um, Dee, why is it important for healthy sleep to get good sunshine? Well, you you will take us on that journey, Olivia. You will take us. I on will that. absolutely. <laughs> we'll take L- it lots away. of lots of things to answer. I know, I know. Actually, we could. There's so many ways that we could um, dissect this episode. I know. I'm very excited. Um, but let's get into let's get into chronotypes. Let's get into chronotypes because I know that this is like this is your real area of expertise, and people love a quiz. They love to know what they are. Um, and I'll share with everybody what I am. Cause like after reading your book, I was like, I am so this animal, it's not even funny. So please share with us, uh, what the chronotypes are briefly and, um, a little bit about how that relates to our sleep. Can do, can do my love. Firstly, thank you for taking the time to read my book. I know how busy you are. So the, the fact that you have made space for that, I am very appreciative. 
<laughs> and for anyone um, who isn't um, so familiar, so yeah, my book, Bear, Lion, Wolf, is all around sleep chronotypes, which is essentially your circadian rhythms preference. Now, this can very easily be put into are you a morning person or are you a night person? That reflects your underlying circadian rhythm. However, rather than just dissecting that into morning and evening, there's actually three categories that I've used. And um, the morning person is referred to as a lion. Now they like to get up really early, go to bed really early. We all have that friend that like, you know, you'll suggest like a 9 p.m. dinner and you're like, what do you mean? I need to be asleep by then, which is okay, okay, a lot of the time. Except, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I think that is you actually. Yeah. It is me. Yeah, it is me. Sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you've got those at the other end of the spectrum who are wolves, and they're the ones that love to stay up late and go to bed late. So, like, them going to bed around like 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning is like their preferred time. They don't like to wake anything before 8 o'clock. Um, and then you've got those that fall in the middle who are bears and they like to rise around about 7 o'clock, 7.30 and like to go to bed around 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, there is much more to sleep chronotypes than just these sleep wake times, but I use that as an introduction as it's really helpful to help us get a feel for um, which one could, they be, could we be. Um, but outside of this, our chronotype is actually linked to our personality tendencies. Um, it indicates the best time to productivity. It indicates um, our best recommendations for our bedtime routine, for our sleep supplements, for our sleep diet, a host of things. So it's really intriguing and really helpful to know what chronotype we are and for this reason I have a chronotype quiz on my website which I will definitely share with um, with Dee and you can find out your chronotype. I love that you really identified with a lot of the lion characteristics that's um that's great but it's it's very true uh, lions are typically health oriented they're leadership types um they're real go-getters they're quite independent workers um visionaries they're yeah I, I'm a lion as well yeah yeah I like lions <laughs> yeah and and it's so nice to also like recognize because it's really easy for us to to fit in the box of like being healthy because we're like wake up in the morning hot girl walk smoothie like you know it's very like it's easy for us to sort of fit that that like um stereotype I guess because we are naturally like our circadian rhythm naturally leans towards that but I also like that we can recognize that just because you don't love to wake up in the morning and set your routine around an, a, an amazing morning routine doesn't mean you can't also be healthy it doesn't mean your body isn't thriving and so I like that I also like how there are different levels and layers of like I guess um profiling ourselves to figure out not to not to put ourselves in a box but just to figure out how can we live our lives with more ease mm -hmm. so if we if I if we identify that we are lions we can we can just it makes it easier. There's already a recipe there. So why not follow it? And I think that's kind of what I do so much with FlowFit is to try and identify, okay, where are you in your cycle? And then once you know where you are in your cycle, just 
to make your life easier. That's literally all it is. And you also mentioned um, like sleep diet as well. And obviously I'm a nutritionist. And so I love getting into this. So let's get like into the, the details of it as well. But if you were to give three of your best foods for sleep, what would they be? One fatty fish like salmon and tuna. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I'd recommend milk and honey, especially for a nighttime drink. And three, now this one is gonna this one is gonna be throw a curveball because it actually has caffeine in it, and we all know how problematic caffeine is for um, for sleep. But I will explain. And the third is green tea. Um, but I wanted to, yeah, looping back to the, to the first one. So fatty fish, like salmon and tuna, um, why is it so beneficial for sleep? So really high in omega threes. Now, omega threes are found, obviously not telling you, but for the audience, for anyone who isn't so familiar, um, you know, found in like, they're the healthy fats. So fatty fish, nuts, avocado, really high in omega threes. Why is this important for sleep? It helps regulate melatonin synthesis. Melatonin is sleepiness hormone. It helps us fall and stay asleep. What omega-3s do is when we're under stress, usually our melatonin synthesis will be altered due to that stress. Hmm. However, if you have a a diet high in omega-3s, it actually prevents that stress affecting your melatonin. Therefore, you can continue to sleep well despite being stressed. I know this is really um, helpful for people to know because, you know, even when we were chatting before the show, one of the biggest challenges to sleep is stress. Um, So first of all, fatty fish, high omegas, great for stress protection in sleep. Um, Another reason why fish are so helpful, particularly fatty fish are so helpful for um, for sleep is they're really high in protein, particularly an amino acid called tryptophan. Mm-hmm. Now, when the body needs to create melatonin, that is created from protein, from this tryptophan um, amino acid. So if we have insufficient protein, then we're not going to be able to create melatonin properly. Therefore, we're not going to be able to sleep properly. Yes. Um, and so there was a really cool study that found, um, I mean, University of Pennsylvania, which found the more fish a participant, uh, the participant ate, that the fewer their nighttime disturbances. So that really reflects that you know their bodies are promoting um, you know high levels of melatonin, and everything's just running on track as per their sleep. Mm. And I wonder, um, is there anything you wanted to add in with there? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity because I'm such a fan of fatty fish and especially salmon. Um, because it is so helpful, not only through any part of the cycle, because it reduces inflammation and largely inflammation is just like a blanket term is what can create hormonal imbalances. But obviously that's a big umbrella. And so there's like, you know, nuances within that, but omega-3 fatty acids are so important in the second half of your cycle. And to the point of I will like double dose on my fish oil and ensure I have lots of fish in my meals in my luteal phase, which is the week before your period, because it helps to reduce period pain. And I've noticed that it helps to reduce period pain so much so that if I double that uh, high dose of fish oil and omega-3 fatty acids, even like include something like hemp seeds, and I have something like a turmeric latte in the day or some kind of drink with turmeric in it, I can notice an almost like 
within the hour difference with any period pain that I might experience. It's just, yeah, it's so phenomenal. Um, I'm such a fan of fish. And if, if people can't um, eat fish, then I would say the next best thing for you is fish oil. But if you're a uh, vegetarian um, or vegan, then having flaxseed oil in your fridge is the next best thing. It's it's so beautiful. Like that's so interesting. You know, I'm learning so much right now. Um, <laughs> it's so it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful and so interesting to see what happens when you give the body the nutrients it needs. Mm. It's like, and when you are able to understand, okay, so like you know, I'm in this phase of my cycle right now. What do I need to eat? Like, and you know. Um, yeah, like it, it's just, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And I love that there's such a synergy between, you know, sleeping well and hormones because the thing is that sleep is governed by hormones. Hmm. So when your hormones are operating as they should be, then essentially your sleep will be as it should be, which means that you wake feeling rested, refreshed, energized um so I find that yeah there's, there's a great crossover between the two and I wonder just off what you said I wonder how many people could identify that they have hormonal imbalance not even just sex hormones but like hormonal imbalance in general based off of their poor sleep I'm sure it's 99 percent. yeah yeah um I feel like so, so a lot of people and probably people you know as well they mentioned they wake up through the, throughout the night yeah. or they wake up around 3 a.m. Yes. So three, that 3 a.m. wake up, especially when you wake up and you're like full of energy and it's like you've got the energy of about a thousand suns and you just need to go and do lots of things. Yep. <laughs> All right. So what happens at 3 a.m. is that the body experiences a rise in stress hormone cortisol. Yes. In order to prepare you to wake for the next morning. Now, that's a very normal occurrence. This happens throughout the night, but if your cortisol levels, huge stress levels are too high, then essentially that elevation will not allow you to stay asleep. And therefore that's why you wake up. And that's exactly why you feel very tense and very anxious upon waking because your body is trying to signal to you, I have too much cortisol in my body and I am too stressed right now. And that's why I'm waking up. And to give people a really good visual, because I'm such a visual person, that those two hormones must both, you must have low enough cortisol and high enough melatonin in order to fall and stay asleep. And so if you imagine if, even if you had good amount of melatonin, if you also have high emotional stress, it's kind of like it lifts that floor up. So even at the time where normally you would have cortisol starting to rise and melatonin, st melatonin starting to drop, it happens at an earlier time. I'm literally thinking on a graph here. It happens at an earlier time where that that cortisol overrides the melatonin and then wakes you up. And so if you can lower that floor, lower that cortisol, then you will actually stay asleep longer. Correct. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. I like to think of it like a threshold. Mm. Like there's a particular threshold that your body needs a certain amount of, 
of cortisol to wake up. If you're already stressed, exactly as you're saying, that floor, that threshold is already like, you're just about to tip that already. Mm. And that's why you might be experiencing light sleep. That's yeah. why, you know, you wake up at the sound of, you know, a door closing because your body is so sensitive. It's like just about to wake up at any time, mm. right? But then it gets around 3 a.m. and then your body produces more cortisol than it, as, as, it, as it needs to, sorry, as it always would for preparation for the next morning. And it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm, alert, I'm, alert, I'm alert now. I'm awake now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So helpful. And I think it's, yeah. And I think it's really good that we are, we are sharing this because of all of the sleep problems that people come to me, that is by far number one. I can't stay asleep. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you for that. That, cause that is so interesting. Cause it's like, it's that stress, that cortisol melatonin situation, um, right. which I know we're going to touch more on when we get to number three, but let's go to number two. Um, you mentioned milk. Sure, and honey. sure. Sure. So milk and honey, it's like, I love it because it's something that your grandma told you and you're like, does it really like work? But actually, <laughs> um, it's actually like one of the best things you can have before, um, before bed, you know, it's like a bedtime drink. Um, and so why you've got milk, including plant milk is high in protein. Remember protein helps your body produce melatonin because it provides tryptophan, that amino acid. Um, but it's also the calcium in the milk helps the conversion process of tryptophan to melatonin. And then honey helps because in order to have that conversion process occur, you need to have a certain level of carbohydrates. And so if you couple, and so having a bit of sugar with that mm. um, milk means that that conversion process happens a lot easier. Therefore your body gets this like massive dose of melatonin, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important to sort of mention, you know, on that carb element, because I know that the keto diet, for example, has become super popular to the point that I've got some, um, you know, some people have told me or some friends or, you know, just I've been giving seminars and whatnot. And I know that when I've mentioned that the importance of having carbohydrates for that conversion process They've been like, oh, but I'm on a keto diet. I, I don't eat any carbs and I'm always having like poor sleep. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably your body trying to tell you that like carbs are kind of helpful. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I know you've got a study as well that um, you want to share on this point. Yeah, yeah. I have a good point as well. Yeah. For sure. So it was 2018 study um, found that three days of this of the milk and honey blend improved sleep quality and sleep quantity yeah so um yeah it's that was just three times three three days of milk and honey twice a day okay interesting it's funny because it's like these like things that our grandmothers tell us to do are like they're not just all old wives tales like they have like there is some reason that we're doing that actually I remember um my like sister-in-law she was telling me that her great-grandmother whenever they used to use lemons after they would like use like the lemon juice they would then um put like wash their hands with lemon and it was just to like get rid of all the dead skin cells with like all that citric acid and like enzymes and I was like 
like just cool stuff like that that we just you know we just like oh, and like I personally I like I'm lactose intolerant I don't do well with milk but I do actually find personally that actually sometimes having something like you know I'll make like a little hot chocolate or something like that um with my plant milk definitely does help me get to sleep but then so does my de-stress tea which I know you're also a big fan of as a nighttime bevy um, <laughs> um and I was going to say what was so interesting about uh, carbohydrates and how important carbohydrates are. There is even a macronutrient split that is important for women for their cycle to maintain. So sometimes keto diets can tend to work better for men and not so well for women, but it can work for women, but only for short periods of time. Because if you go too long without those carbohydrates, you're, it's really that sensitivity to energy changes and not having that backup system of ketosis because now that's your primary you're, you're primarily working off ketones you don't have a backup anymore and I think your body stresses out a little bit as a result of that not to mention you know sort of are you feeding your gut bugs if you don't have any carbs at all because you know fiber feeds um, gut bugs so does other things but they're the best they have the best overall um, effect but when it comes to carbohydrates at night, for anybody who's like diabetic or has like bad insulin resistance, a little tip that I actually picked up off um, from muscle nerds is that they used to, for their clients, suggest uh, a teaspoon of honey at night. And the reason being is that, yes, they're diabetic and yes, you know, they're trying to stay away from sugar, but sometimes they would wake from a hypo-reactive glycemic um, situation. So basically they're, you know, they have their nighttime meal and their insulin sort of works as it should, but it's still high, but because it's so high, it's constantly pushing your blood sugar down, right? Like that's what insulin is trying to do, especially if they're on any medication, because their medication is always trying to push that blood sugar down to sort of protect them, which is what the body should be doing, but you know, it's all out of whack. And so sometimes what happens is they wake up because their blood sugar is so low because that insulin is so high or they're, you know, the medications that they're using are trying to push it down so much. And so sometimes they can actually wake up because it's now gone so low that then it wakes them in the middle of the night. And actually a little like tool is to have a teaspoon of honey, which can actually help sort of just stabilize their blood sugar that little bit more to kind of give them the longevity of the full night's sleep. So yeah, really interesting. And I would love to um, find some more sort of science around that, but I just found it's always interesting when there's like a clinical thing that people have used and found has really worked. Um, it's, and it's so interesting because it's obviously part of this drink. So that's really cool. Yeah. And I think, I think um, the important thing to highlight is like, it, yes, it's relevant to diabetics, but I think all of what you just said is also relevant for those on a very low carbohydrate or keto diet. Mm. If you're waking up through the night, it could just be a sign that your body does not have the carbohydrates it needs to produce melatonin because you can have all the protein you want, but if you have literally not one ounce of carbohydrates, you don't have that conversion pro process of converting protein to melatonin like yeah. it doesn't happen like it might happen but not not to the point not to the optimal point of course um so i feel like it's yeah everything that you just said if somebody's on if somebody's resonating with you know waking up frequently or sleeping lightly and they're on a very very low carbohydrate diet or a keto diet then i think that should be um 
that should be appreciated that that could be one of the main factors mm. and you know trying just having like a small amount of carbohydrates in the evening you know milk and honey for example um and seeing how that affects your sleep i think that would be a really valuable um you know game to <laughs> test and see if it improves your sleep and see if it you know helps help support you i agree i agree cuz like just try and it's not gonna it's not, yeah. it's not so dangerous you know and i'm sure you could get back into ketosis the next day um, yeah. but but yeah. If you're not going to be burning much fat if you're even if you are in ketosis if your body is stressed so you know which is i yeah. guess primarily a reason that people are doing uh, you know the keto diet and then number three mm. we have green tea we do have green tea so um love me a tea love your teas love all teas I love tea um so green tea why 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 do I think it's a good food for sleep because you're like but it has caffeine right okay so the reason why I recommend green tea over it's green tea is because there's like a psychological placebo that we get we get used to having a hot drink like every morning like it's and you know a few times throughout the day like it's very normal right and if you're having coffee that is that is a problem hmm. why coffee we're going to go in we'll get into why coffee's bad but basically you know if your if your hot drink is a coffee then that is going to cause significant issues for your sleep however if you replace coffee with a green tea you'll still enjoy the the effect of having here's my hot drink in the morning so psychologically you'll be satisfied physiologically it does contain a very small amount of caffeine so you will have a similar effect in the body but it won't be as potent and it won't stimulate your nervous system and stress your nervous system as severely as it would if it was a coffee mm um and then also it contains a compound called l-theanine which helps calm the nervous system so although it has caffeine which stimulates the nervous system it also has this calming property which means this is exactly why you can have a cup of tea and you feel like this general sense of calmness um black tea has it as well but black tea has more caffeine so i don't recommend it as highly so um yeah that's just a few reasons why i recommend green tea and that's what's my favorite um my favorite beverage hot beverage to recommend for those looking for an alternative to coffee and i also really love that you and appreciate that you dis like distinguished between there's a psychological need and then there's a physiological need you know that's so important because our habits and the things that we love are sometimes just like we just have created that emotional connection with them and we think we need to eat this or drink that or whatever um but um, most of the time it's just that it's just that emotional connection like maybe it reminds you of someone or maybe it's a ritual you always did with someone who meant something to you or you know or maybe it gives you a sense of community so on that note because we know that there's a lot of people that drink this drink what would you say is probably the number one most detrimental drink uh to our sleep oh it ha have to be the the magical black beans that are referred to as coffee yeah sorry everyone 
sorry sorry at least they can no, make just... choices you know like just at least know right. the information know the knowledge and then if you choose to you do you but at least you have the information correct correct it's just so essentially why why coffee is bad so um and actually I didn't I we had some notes prior to this um prior to this but I didn't actually put this in so fun facts about caffeine when you are sleep deprived which I'm guessing if if your listeners are listening to a sleep podcast probably many of them are sleep deprived mm -hmm. um so caffeine has a more potent effect on your nervous system that usually would so it triggers the release of it triggers an exacerbated release so an over like greater than usual mm. release of stress hormones cortisol and and adrenaline mm. when you're sleep deprived that's amazing so, because it also does the exact same thing in your second half of your cycle exact same so interesting mm. Mm. right so you know although you think oh yeah I'm, I'm okay on coffee but you kind of you know you're not sleeping well or maybe you're like getting jittery or anxious or being unable to switch off this is your body trying to signal to you something's not right and when it comes to coffee there's a direct correlation between you know an inflated an inflated um cortisol response an inflated adrenal response and what's that felt as is that inability to switch off and problems focusing problems concentrating problems staying asleep things that i hear from so many people are challenged by but then also i'm like okay so you know you're having coffee oh yeah just a few a day it's like you understand like you're what you're this what you are experiencing is a result of what you do yeah like it doesn't just happen like you know that's why I think you and I are so passionate about you know giving this advice around like you know fatty fish and milk and honey and you know green tea it's like sleep doesn't just happen you you do things then sleep happens mm. same with same with your cycle your cycle yes it just in a similar way you know your cycle will happen, but you do certain things mm. and you can either make that cycle an easy ride or you can make it a challenging one. Sleep is exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, so, we're, talking um, about, we're talking about, I'm talking about infradian rhythm. You're talking about circadian rhythm, but they're both rhythms and they both run on hormones. Um, so it's really, yeah, it's so interesting. Um, and I know that you're going to share about, um, um, I know you call it adenosine and I call it adenosine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. I've just learned to say it the wrong way. No, adenosine. I, even, like, I say so many things differently though. <laughs> you're fine. Um, adenosine, adenosine. It's a hormone that promotes sleep. So it's similar to melatonin. You know, the more melatonin we have and the more adenosine we have, the sleepier we are. But mm -hmm why it builds up in the body is actually just a, through the process of being awake. The longer you're awake, the more adenosine builds up, the tired you are. Um, what caffeine does is it masks or blocks the effect of adenosine. So we can't actually feel tired, right? Which is why you have a coffee and you're like, oh my God, I've got so much energy. Let's go and do lots of things. 
And then what happens is after that caffeine is worn off, your adenosine has still built up in the body. And so if you were tired before the coffee, now you've got 10 times as much adenosine. And so you realize, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And so you have that massive energy crash. Yeah. You then you reach for like another coffee or like some sugar, and then it just becomes this cycle of you know high low high low, and your energy is all over the place, yeah. and your mood is all over the place, mm. and your sleep is all over the place, and you're probably in your hormones are all over the place. You know, yeah. Yeah. like this is this is not a good outcome for the body. The body is not shouldn't be a roller coaster. If you yeah. want to feel like a roller coaster, then then do that. But if you want to feel nice and stable and calm, you know, then listen to the signals that your body is giving you and having caffeine, especially having a coffee, especially when you're in a sleep deprived state is one of the key triggers for this roller coaster that we are experiencing mentally, physically, emotionally, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think most importantly, emotionally, because that's where I see people suffer the most, you know, it's that emotional roller coaster that they're struggling with. And it's funny because I always say coffee masks your energy the same way painkillers masks your pain. And sometimes you can overdo it because you don't know, you can't hear the signs of from your body. You can't feel them. You can't see them because you're blocking it. You don't, didn't know you're blocking it necessarily with coffee. Um, people think it gives them more energy. It doesn't give you more energy. It gives you more energy perception. So it's like, yes, it might stimulate things, but it's also making you, you know, over time more nutrient deficient as well, because you're pushing yourself harder than your body can actually go. And so even though you don't feel like you have so much, um, you know, you're not so as vibrant or bursting at the seams, like you normally are ready to go when you come off coffee, that transition time is really important to honor and understand and go, oh, okay, this whole time, this has been my energy. This has been what I should you know, how hard I should be pushing myself. And even though it's not a sexy sell to be like, you know, it's going to suck for a little bit, but you can build that energy back up by doing the healthy, you know, you know, average things, you know, eat well and try, you know, it's not a sexy sell because that's not the society we live in. So I, I totally understand why people rely on their coffee, but there needs to be, you know, this sleep pressure that you're blocking is, you know, you're just going to end up needing coffee and basically just living on this, non-stop caffeine high especially because I know it's got like half-lives and half-lives and so you know especially if you're sensitive to caffeine if you're a person like me where you have caffeine and then you can feel the shakes sometimes like you know there's a lot of people in the in the world who uh suffer with that as well so you know if you're already sensitive to caffeine and then you're also, you know, having, experiencing all of these other things. Like you just need to be so conscious of what you're putting in your body and don't do it just because it's trendy. And also just try to, just try to listen to your body first, go a week without coffee and just see, okay, what's my energy actually like? And then make decisions after that. Cause you just might have been four years on, on a caffeine high. Um, and mm. I hate to, I hate to put a, um, a timestamp on this, but we've got five minutes. Um, and I could talk to for literal hours on this. And if you would like Olivia to come back on and I would love to have a part two, then please let us know in the What a Mouthful Facebook group. Tell me there. That's where I source all of my inspo for the episodes for you guys is what you share with me that you would like. 
Um, but I did want to mention, because uh, I do have a question for you before you go, I did want to mention uh, the question from the community it was from Sarah from Indiana. So thank you for sending that in, Sarah. And this is how does sleep and stress affect hormones? And I think that there's like a vice versa relationship with um, all of those things as well. So how do hormones affect sleep and how does stress affect hormones and how to, you know, the other one I didn't say. Um, and so Sarah, for the stress part of that, how stress affects hormones, I want you to go and listen to episode 12, periods 101. But for sleep, you know, I hope that this really has helped to give you an idea of, you know, really how hormones and sleep are actually so like they are essentially the same thing like your circadian rhythm like olivia is saying it runs off your hormones so when you have that imbalance in your hormones or you have that imbalance in your sleep the chicken and the egg whichever comes first they really have this massive impact on each other um but olivia i want to know what is the health hack that was a game changer for you <laughs> now this is i'm gonna throw you a, a curveball here love because it because you're probably expecting me to say sleep i was but the thing is yeah i know right it would make sense because like but the thing is that although i'm a sleep expert i didn't have sleep problems like i do this because i studied for nine years and then my sleep clients were getting really good results really fast and then i noticed that everyone was struggling with sleep so that's why I do sleep, not because I was challenged myself. Yeah. So my, but I, I've had a lot of mental health issues like um, depression, anxiety, anorexia, like that's been my sort of more challenging journey. And so the biggest health hack and the biggest thing that's made the biggest difference to me is my, I'm going to grab my little notepad here. Yep. <laughs> right. See this? Yeah. This is what I call my, this is what I call my gratitude journal. Nice. My gratitude journal every morning wakes me up. It doesn't wake me up, but I just get up. Um, <laughs> I, before I do anything else, I write usually five things that I'm grateful for. And I cannot, I cannot communicate how significantly different my, different my mental state is when I start the day in a place of gratitude or I start the day with anything else that I just choose to fill it with, because usually it's like, after I do my gratitude, then you know, you go and like do your things, you know, you've got, you've got chores, you've got work, you've got emails, you've got social media, all of this stuff, you know, you've got to go to the gym, whatever. But, but it's just like that, having that moment to yourself to just be like, you know what, anything that happens outside of what's happening right now and what's happening, what's already happened is great. But I don't need anything else to happen in my day to be grateful because right now I have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. And so that for me has been the biggest game changer because, yeah, I guess my mental health has been a challenge and, you know, having coming to a place of just I am happy with where I am right now, that has been a challenge. And so my gratitude reminds me that I am happy right now and I have so much to be grateful for. So that's my health. I love that so much. I love that it was unexpected, but I also love that it ties us <laughs> much with the whole reason that I made this podcast in the first place. It's how to achieve a healthy mind and body. Because I just feel like you can't separate the two. I feel like they are so they are they are one. Um, I've loved having you on, Olivia. You're just 
so full of knowledge and um you're just so are you you have such a beautiful energy I've always loved that about you um and I really if you know people loved the uh, chronotypes we talked about earlier or they want to read your book or they want to know more about you where can they find you best place I would say would be Instagram if you type in sleep expert I'm usually one of the first that comes up Yep. um olivia arizolo other than that my website olivearizolo.com.au um that's the best place to start and then you know send me a dm slide into that inbox <laughs> and then you know tell me what you tell me tell me about you and we can go from there amazing amazing oh it's been such a pleasure thank you so much guys for listening share away with anyone having any issues with their sleep and i will see you next week on what a mouthful bye If anything in this episode sparked a question for you, please reach out to me on Instagram at Dezabara. You're a legend and legends leave five-star reviews. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on What a Mouthful.